Hi, you're listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio. My name's Selena Godden and I'm here in my bunker talking to... Amorous. And Matt Abbott. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm right. How are you guys? I'm okay. I'm I'm here snuggled up in my bunker watching the snow falling. Yeah, same here. Really enjoying that mm. until I step into it and then head straight back inside and shut yeah. the door. I'm disappointed not to be in Dubai, to be honest. I'm seeing all the influencers out in Dubai. Where's my invite? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Some... I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, hopefully it's in the post. I'm personally gutted, you know. <laughs> I mean, and, and and frankly insulted that I haven't been invited. Same. I feel like I'm an influencer. I influence many people. I can't people think of anything things. worse. Don't. I don't want to ever go to Dubai ever. <laughs> I know. Okay, so, moving on swiftly. Shall yeah, we have a piece of we... music? Yeah. Yeah. What are we kicking off the show with? May I um, suggest we kick off with some Mary Wilson and salute that great lady of supreme fame, a supreme titan, in fact. Yeah, yeah. Supremely great. Yeah. That was Mary Wilson. May she rest in power. And now, let's have some poetry. Matt's going. What's going on in the poetry world? What have you got for us? What What are poets doing in lockdown this month? 
Poets are doing some amazing things in lockdown this month. Um, so as you know, it's LGBT History Month. So there are loads of events taking place to celebrate that. Um, tonight, for book's sake, are doing a queer heartbreakers ball. And there's loads of uh, features and interviews and podcasts featuring LGBTQ poets. So that's very exciting. Um, I've got a roundup of some of my events later on and some of my little picks and all that. Uh, and I'm also doing a feature on uh, the Black Forum record label. So Motown had a spoken word imprint in the early 70s. Um, I didn't know stopped... about that. Yeah, I, I sort of vaguely knew about it, but to my shame, I didn't know much about it. It's It, it only released about five or six albums and it stopped in 1973, but they're bringing it back. So I'm doing a little feature on it and playing some recordings from one of their poetry albums, which is really mm-hmm. exciting. Can't wait to hear that, Matt. That sounds yeah, excellent. Good. Well done, Matt. I'll be um, bringing you just recommendations from the art world. Obviously, everything's closed. Everything's gone online, and there's some wonderful things to check out there. So I'll just be bringing you those along with some of my favourite songs. Awesome. So before we go to any of all that, let's have some music by Celeste. Celeste, yes. I've been playing a lot of Celeste. Celeste. I've been playing a lot of Celeste. Let's have some Celeste. I like to think it's because I'm too proud Too proud, too proud, too Some others may say it's because I'm so tall But that doesn't bother me at all I may not be your ideal woman The heaven in your head The one that's gonna save you From all your discontent May not be your ideal woman The freedom that you get Please don't mistake me For somebody who can I like to think it's because I look good Too good, too good, too Others may say it's because I lack patience Always got something to say when you're not around I may not be your ideal woman The heaven in your head The one that's gonna save you From all your discontent
So to kick off my book section, I'd like to talk about um, Diary of a Film by Niven Govindan. Um, this will be published on February 18th by Dialogue Books. Um, it's a beautiful book. This is a novel about cinema, flaneurs and queer love. It is about the sometimes troubled, sometimes ecstatic creative process and the toll it takes on its makers. But it's also a novel about stories and the ongoing question of who has the right to tell them. I'm a massive fan of Niven Govindan and I've read nearly all of his books. I think I have read all of his books. I'm really excited about Diary of a Film. Um, he's got some amazing events coming up. He's going to be doing readings with Pages of Hackney, Portobello Books, Polari Salon and Desperate Literature, our friends in Madrid. So do check out, um, just go to Niven's uh, Twitter or Instagram to find out where you can hear him reading from the from the book and talking about the book. But for now, let's just hear an excerpt from the audiobook. This is read by Steve John Shepherd. Here's an excerpt from Diary of a Film. I flew to the Italian city of B to attend the film festival in late March. Our entry into the competition, a liberal adaptation of William Maxwell's novel The Folded Leaf, had been officially confirmed and I was expected to participate in three days of interviews and panels to promote the release with a jury screening on the second evening. My co-producer, Gabriella, had arrived at the start of the week to prepare, also the cast, who were busy hawking other projects, about which I was both curious and jealous. It's hard to think of actors, good actors, as anything other than your own once you've worked with them. I knew they would be expecting me to see their films while I was there, wanting their betrayals to be blessed. And I anticipated that it would hurt as much as watching them with other lovers, a feeling especially pronounced when the new film was still warm on my lips. Another favourite of uh, Roaring Twenties Radio is Nikesh Shukla, and he has a beautiful memoir out, it's just out just now, um, called Brown Baby on Bluebird Books. We featured Nikesh on an earlier episode back in the summer. The book is out and it's getting well-deserved rave reviews. So many quotes and so much love for this memoir. I mean, it's got, it actually opens with like three pages, four pages, from Nikita Gill to Tanya James to Louise O'Neill to Anushka Shankar. Just amazing people who really have enjoyed this book. It's just getting such amazing traction and I'm so pleased for Nikesh. I loved this book. So let's have a little listen to what Nikesh recorded for us back in the the summer. See, we always back the winners, and here's Nikesh with a winning, beautiful reading from Brown Baby. This is from my memoir, Brown Baby, a memoir of race, family, and home, um, which is coming out 
on Bluebird on the 11th of February 2020. Um, I love you, Selena Godden. I love you so much. I love you more than anything. I have so much to be thankful to you for. And thank you once again for providing me with an opportunity to share my work. But here's the opening of Brown Baby. How to bring you into the world. I never considered becoming a parent myself until my mum died. I'd like to think there was a moment when the switch flicked on or the force field came down or the upgrade happened between the hours of 1am and 4am plugged into a power source Wi-Fi switched on. It was nothing like that. Nothing dramatic happened. There was no tearful staring out over a field of bluebells, no Proustian cake-chewing revelation, and no need to cement my legacy. You didn't appear to me in a dream. I didn't read a saccharine poem about inheritance. I didn't hold a friend's baby and suddenly have the big final chorus of Barry Manilow's Looks Like We Made It Erupt In My Head. Nope. I did not hear that over-the-top, big-voiced, earnest finale rattle through my ear hairs. Looks like we made it! You just arrived. One minute your mum and I were getting drunk at Christmas and the next there you were, in my arms, asleep. Your clenched fist covered, covering your face much like they did on the ultrasound. Your nails were long, your eyes were closed, you looked just like her. Just like my mum. Maybe it was a trick of my imagination or some sort of sleep-deprived adrenaline fueled tether to bring you into the family. Maybe you just sort of look like mum in the way babies and old people are indistinguishably vole-like in certain lights. I tried to capture it on my camera, but you know how photographs capture moments and never the narratives that prescribe them? Some photographs lack intent. Others capture fragments and only you can zero in on the history of that moment. Everyone else can just see the vole baby with her claws over her face. I look at it now and that photo of you looks like you and not like her. My mind was playing tricks on me in those early moments because when I first took in your face, all I could see was my mum. It was like she was alive again and I was whole. The quick camera phone photo I took when I checked it hours later on the phone, because this was the only sanctum left, how wrong I was, I have no sanctum, in the maelstrom of your first day on earth, where I could justify looking at my phone, nothing looked like, look, look nothing like what I'd thought. I had captured... <laughs> it looked like you, and not like her. The photograph was of your face, a new entry, something I had not seen before, someone I had not yet met, a stranger. And yet, when I walked back into the bedroom and saw you asleep on your back in your own mother's arms, the only light coming from the landing, I saw it again. I saw her in you. Were you her reborn? I shook the thought from my head. How could I project onto a baby the blankest of canvases, my own grief? How unfair. And when you cried, I took you in my arms and went into another room. I stood in the window and swayed from side to side. The curtains were open. I looked out, out into the windows of the flats behind our house. The man with the beard was washing up, as he always seemed to do. In the room below him, two people I'd never seen before were holding onto a bowl and moving it in a slow, controlled, ceremonious circle between them. I don't know what an ayahuasca ceremony looks like, but I wondered if the bowl had some sort of hallucinogenic liquid in it. The guy who had his window open every single day all year round for unknown reasons that drove me cra crazy with speculation had his window open. 
I say none of this so that you think I'm a creep who spends his time staring into other people's homes. I say this so that in that moment, I say this so that so you know that in that moment, as I stared down at you trying to take stock of the fact that my entire world had changed, my entire life was on a new course, everything around us was exactly as it should be. The world continued to turn and not move to the beat of just one drum, and that grounded me. It stopped me freaking the fuck out. In India, the Ganges River is worshipped as representative of the goddess Ganga. Ashes are scattered into the Ganges. People wash themselves as a way of honouring Ganga, hoping to wash away sins, have a new start, change their fortune. Moksha. It is freedom from life and death. That's what Ganga can bring us. The Ganges descends from heaven to earth. She is also the vehicle of ascent from earth to heaven, a crossing point of all beings, the living as well as the dead. We scattered my mother's ashes in the Ganges, and here she was, reborn in you, my Ganga. My liberation from life and death, my fortune, you were my Ganga. A renewal, moksha, you were my moksha, bringing me a sense of rebirth, emancipation, enlightenment, liberation and release. I had been knocked off course by my mum's death, and now here you were, to bring me back, my Ganga. And talking about backing winners... Here's Monique Roffey. Monique Roffey was with us um, also earlier with The Mermaid of Black Conch. Congratulations to Monique Roffey, fresh from winning the Costa Book of the Year Award and topping bestseller charts, Monique Roffey has been shortlisted for another major award, the 3000 30000 in fact, £30,000 Rathbones Folio Prize. Roffey's Costa-winning tale, The Mermaid of Black Conch, is one of eight titles up for the folio, which aims to reward the year's best work of literature, regardless of form. She's a Trinidadian-born British writer whose novel draws on the legend of the Indigenous people of the Caribbean. Uh, this week it was number one in the paperback fiction charts. It's just it's just roaring, 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 roaring twenties, roaring twenties, roaring success. Let's have a little listen to something <laughs> that Monique recorded for us last summer. The flat, dark sea broke open. The mermaid rose up and out of the water, her hair flying like a nest of cables, her arms flung backwards in the jump her body glistening with scales and her tail flailing, huge and muscular, like that of a sea creature from the deepest part of the ocean. She beat up and out, arcing through the air, so she had flipped on her back. The men saw her head, her breasts, her belly, the pubic bone of a woman, where it met the tail of a glistening fish. Jesus Christ! exclaimed Thomas Clayson. Nicer crossed himself. The black conch men gasped. Cut the line, shouted Nicer Country. Cut the goddamn line. All five men were horrified as she hit the water, thrashing. Her mouth was bloody and she'd only just started to fight. On the end of Hank Clayson's rod was a wild creature, furious to be caught. Nicer knew they'd hooked something they shouldn't have. He jumped down from the flight bridge with his knife. The mermaid, or whatever it was, deserved to stay in the sea. This wasn't his business at all. The thing looked too big for the boat. It could even take the boat down. Don't do that, shouted Thomas Clayson as Nicer bent to cut the line. Do not do that. She's worth millions. Millions. 
We're bringing her in, goddammit. We are bringing her in. She was on the surface now, thrashing like a mako shark, fighting the line with her arms, coughing up blood and spitting and screaming in a high wailing song. Oh, God, stammered Hank. Did you see that? His hands were shaking with the rod. The father wanted to take it from him. The black conch men, Nicholas and Shortleg, backed away from the stern. Like nicer, they knew this was wrong. They frayed bad jumpy fish get catch. They didn't want to help. They were lost for words and for what to do. The white man wanted to pull this creature out of the sea. But this fish was half woman, plain enough. Everyone had heard of the mermen of black conch waters. But a mer-woman? Nah. She carried with her bad luck at best, and her hair had frightened them, like she could kill with just one lash from those tentacles. She could poison them all. They had seen spikes on her back, dorsal spikes, scorpion fish spikes. They had seen a bloody raging woman on the end of the fishing line. And now, these white men wanted to bring her in? Nah, boy, they all said to themselves. The mermaid had gone under the surface again. Young Clayton's face was full of terror and excitement. Hold her, shouted the father. What does it look like I'm doing, the father? The son snapped. Keep backing up on it, Thomas Clayson shouted to Nysa. Nysa? He had begun to see dollar signs. If it had been him alone, he would have thrown her back in the sea. But the talk made him realise he could make money. Enough for another boat, maybe. A new car. Or a small business of his own. Imagine that. He threw the throttle into reverse and slowed the boat down. That was an excerpt from The Mermaid of Black Conch by Monique Roffey, a fantastic love story published now by People Tree Press. And now a real treat, Catherine Williams. Now, many of you may know her as a musician and know some of her beautiful, beautiful music. Um, but she is now switching hats and she's going to be um, releasing a novel. Her debut novel, The Ermering Tide, is published in March with Wrecking Ball Press. It's available to pre-order and all pre-ordered copies will be published, will be signed by the author. It's published on the 22nd of March, so not long to wait. The Ermering Tide is a coming-of-age story set amidst a series of darkly foreboding events. It's Catherine Williams' first novel. The Ermering Tide is about processing the past after the fact. This is a brooding and astonishing debut from the Mercury Music Prize-nominated singer-songwriter. The Ermering Tide shines as brightly as the beautiful shell from which its novel draws its title and is as impressive and adventurous as the author's music. My personal quote is, I danced in my head reading this book. Beautiful language from a poetic heart and soul. Every line is gold, spun in poetry and feeling, every page poignant and tender and true. I love the musicality in this, the storytelling is sublime and captivating. It is a delight to all the senses. So that's what I think of it. Now you have a little listen to this. Uh, Kath has recorded a page from the book for us just exclusively for Roaring Twenties Radio. Let's take it, take it, take it away, Kath. Well, hello, Roaring Twenties Radio. I'm Catherine Williams, and this is a page from the beginning of Chapter 4 of my debut novel, The Ormering Tide, 
published on Wrecking Ball Press. Here we go. Maman was worrying her thumb across her chin. The brothers had not been home for such a long time. She didn't know where they were and it was getting towards dusk. I can feel something's not quite right tonight, she said, rubbing the sides of her hips as if that is where the feeling was. I don't know what it is, but there's a darkness creeping in faster than the night into this kitchen. Her fretting started on other things in the kitchen as she spoke. Plates were lifted onto their shelves, crumbs brushed with their hand into the other hand and tipped into the sink. She turned and looked at me. Maman had these moments. Everyone felt it was a bit dramatic, the way she could be. Like an actress had come to play our mother, but gone a bit over the top. But it was as real as any other ailment she got. She really felt these things deep inside her. When bad thoughts happened, it was as if she had been struck by lightning or bitten by an animal or cut by a thorn. The bad thoughts got worse this time of year, as summer slid into autumn, nights drawing in, her thoughts became longer shadows stretching out fears of dark, lost pools. She had an invisible string to her children. It could let out like a spider's web, turn corners and not back on itself. But if she ever felt it slacken, she knew it would take over. It would cloud her. Maman's thread had broken a few years before me, when the baby that had been inside her came out dead. I heard them talking about it. That's how I know. I shouldn't have been listening, but I do, over and over, seduced by their soft words to each other. Pops's silent way is a road for Maman's words. Maman always tells us that talking things through tidied a mind. But she shook and her voice trembled that night as I listened in. Only with the steady, silent road that Pops laid out for her did the words eventually roll out, like her tears. I had tiptoed away, hearing her crying, muffled into Pop's shoulder. I had gone back to my room and hugged the pillow on my bed.
And it's always a joy to hear something new from Ollie's spleen. And his latest uh, release is The Eagle and the Dove, recorded with Bird Eats Baby, who he's currently recording a new album with. The EP consists of three cover songs, which were chosen to shape and inform the style of original tracks on their forthcoming album Still Life, which carries similar themes of nature, the environment, war and peace. So let's have a listen to this. This is a cover of Jack Brel's anti-war protest song La Colombe and it's translated by Alistair Clare. Hours of glory bought 
by men with mouths of earth, dead ash without a spark, where cities towered bright, their guns probe every light and crush it into dark. The dove has torn her wing, so no more song. Elvis McGonagall has been busy. He has sent us this new music. This is We Are The Revolution, the debut single from the People's Republic of Groove. The People's Republic of Groove are High Fidelity Castro, Marxy, Rob De Rich, Clay Gruvara and Chairman Wow. I really think you should all just take a good listen to this. This is We Are The Revolution. Listen up, brothers and sisters. We got a 12-step plan. 12-step plan for the people. Can you dig it? Yes, you can. We are the revolution. Revolution for your soul. Storm the disco comrades. Storm the disco tank. Storm the disco comrades. 
so yeah so it's been crazy since our last radio show so much has been going on yeah mostly most importantly i would say your book came out mrs my, death mrs death my debut book did come out it's yeah. just been amazing and the day that they published it in london in la in deadline hollywood they released the news that idris elba is uh has the film option rights so my phone literally just exploded in my hand <laughs> it's very very exciting so cool Love yeah that. yeah but i had really a really great meeting with green door productions green door pictures who uh, idris's film company and i'm really excited to see what they do with it yeah, I can't wait to see that either. Very exciting. And what's it been like? It's been a bit of a whirlwind, really. You've been, you know, you've had a lot of publicity. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a little bit like sitting an exam every day and not knowing what the questions are going to be, to be honest. It's been very strange. Lots of <laughs> interviews and lots of fun things and radio things. And um, we got some getting some really lovely reviews. Um, yeah, and I just want to say thank you, really, to everyone that's been posting pictures because all of this is happening, obviously, in lockdown. If this was normal times, I would be smashing it, running around doing festivals and gigs and, you know, running around doing events every night. So it would be like this, but outside. But instead, it's just me in my room. Like, <laughs> just, it's, it's very crazy with all this energy in me and no one to hug. So, yeah, it's very 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 been very strange in that respect um yeah. yeah when lockdown's lifted you're gonna go back into a world that you've changed yes oh wow You'll... when lockdown's lifted i think i'm just gonna be like a big labrador just running up to everyone <laughs> licking them <laughs> um, i know lots of people are like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to go back to normal i'm like don't worry about me i will be in the gig i will be at the party i will be in the pub you'll not be able to keep me away i'm yeah. there totally me too me too i can't wait for it um yeah absolutely but, but for now we've got to stay home we've got to stay safe this is yes. the hardest bit because mm. all, all the kind of shiny um new oh it's a new game playing hiding at home is kind of over now you know yeah do you know what I mean? We've done all the banana bread. We've done all the this. We've done all the wearing leggings. It's like, I really want to put on high heels now and put on yep. my sexy clothes and run around and talk to some strangers. Yeah. No, it's been really rough. It's been, I just think it's kind of, it's the winter as well. It's like kind of where you really have to physically take care of yourself. I'm working during the day. So it's quite difficult. Because you would in the summer, if I had a lot, if I had a deadline, I'd file, and I'd be like, "Where is everybody? Are you in the park?" And at the moment, it's like that. Just kind of night, you know, day goes into night, and there yeah. you are. And it's you know, I don't want to complain. I know that there are people out there working and people having a a really rough time, and I'm not really. I'm just bored. So just try and suck it up. <laughs> yeah. But, quite, quite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And make yeah. radio. Yeah, make... suck it up and make some like... radio. <laughs> suck it up and make radio. Yeah. So I've got a list of the winter reads for, uh, or some books that I'm either reading or have just finished reading or about to read. Um, so the one thing we can do is we can read books. So Jenny Fagan, Luckenbooth, uh, is a fantastic book that I've just finished. Uh, that's set in Edinburgh, and it's it's just it's like a postcard, a love letter to Edinburgh. It's so dark and so eerie and so perfect for winter. 
I'm looking forward to John Higgs, William Blake versus the world. That's coming soon. Um, and I loved his little pamphlet, a little book he put out about William Blake last summer. So this is the big book and I'm very excited about that. I've also just completed Courtier Newland, A River Called Time. Excited about that. Leona Ross, One Sky Day. That's probably on my next read pile. Max Porter, The Death of Francis Bacon. I love Max's writing, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with that. I'm also looking forward to reading Tori Peters' Detransition Baby. That's on my list. Um, I've already mentioned Nikesh Shukla's Brown Baby, Niven Govinda's Diary of a Film, and Kahinda Andrews' The Age of Empire, The New Age of Empire, I'm interested in. Ah, and a book I'm right in the middle of is Musa Okwanda's One of Them, an Eton, Eton memoir. That's absolutely fantastic. It's so, it's such an interesting, such a great writer, Musa. Um, many of you will know him from The Good Immigrant. He was one of the um, contributors to that. He's fantastic. Um, and then I'll just finish with this one, Cherie Jones, How the One-Armed Sister Sweeps the House. I just love the title. I haven't got that book yet, but I need to get my mm. hands on it just because I love the title. Okay, so there's my book recommendations for winter for February.
Hello and welcome. That was The Go-Betweens with Spring Rain and I am Amarose Abrams. You're listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio and this is my section in our lockdown show for February 2021. I'll be bringing you some songs alongside my recommendations for art and culture online. And next up we have... Jefferson Airplane with Somebody to Love for everyone locked up, locked down, in and out of love for Valentine's Day tomorrow. When the truth is found to be This is Amarose, you're listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio and that was Jefferson Airplane. Now I'm going to do a run through of some of the great shows that are online at the moment that you can see. Um, first up we played Lima Layton's uh, musical response to Hannah Arendt's show at Richard Saltoon and Lima Layton's lack of is still available on the viewing room at Richard Saltoon. 
also available is a show of work by Ulai, um, which some of you may know as uh, Marina Abramovich's ex-partner and uh, collaborator. Um, that's curated by Hannah Ostan Osbolt, and it's called Ulai from Berlin to Paris, and it coincides with his um, exhibition at the Stedelijk Museum in Amsterdam. And yeah, I've just any opportunity to find out more about him is always very rewarding. So I recommend that. Also on um, Richard Saltoon is Liv Fontaine, Hurt, Agony, Pain, Love It, curated by Rasheen McQuerns. Um, and this is part of the gallery's extended Woman 2.1 series, um, which showcases art, the art from Liv Fontaine, who's a British artist, and its drawings and videos concerned with sex, relationships, people and politics. So again, highly recommend that. And you can find that at richardsaltoon.com. Next up, I viewed this remotely um, last week and I thought it was fantastic. And this is Goodman Gallery, and they have a really high quality site for viewing painting. So um, these are big paintings, and while you don't get the feeling of being in the presence of them, the quality of the reproductions is really, really good. And um, the show is called Talk to Me While I'm Eating. Um, and it basically, the premise of the show is... Um, when is an opportunity not an opportunity? Like the idea that someone gets you to come and see them and while they eat their dinner you kind of sell yourself to them which I thought was quite a funny title for a show and the paintings are fantastic really expressive and he also has some amazing mono prints which I particularly loved and you can see that at goodman-gallery.com um, next up is good old white cube always trustworthy there you can always trust white cube to come up with the goods um their introductions series of online shows has been wonderful throughout this um change situation that we've had <laughs> through the pandemic and this time it's um emma cousin really interesting painter really kind of vivid confronting so always quite scary paintings uh, really really interesting so that's emma cousin at white cube com and also um on their online program at the moment is rachel nebo and uh, this is a wonderful kind of ceramic really interesting intricate ceramic works which i would again encourage you to um have a look at right and um right next up we're gonna have a track um, by Nadine Shah. I really love this album um, and I'm so shocked I haven't played anything from it since it came out so I'm making up for lost time and this is Nadine Shah with Trad.
from Dean Shah, I'm Amma Rose and you're listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio. This show I'm bringing you a selection of um, recommendations for art and culture online to help you get through this long winter lockdown. Next up is The Serpentine, always can be relied upon for wonderful exhibitions and throughout lockdown amazing content in the form of talks videos, old content, new discussions, online panels and the like. I highly recommend that you head down to their website. Um, Coming up, they also have a panel discussion on Jennifer Packer and that is on the 18th of February that you can book through their website. It's very easy to book for any of their events. Just click through. Um, just absolutely wonderful stuff there and a whole section on ecology which um, can only enrich your life highly recommend um, next up uh, is the weird and wonderful world of Pierre Higg I I resist calling anything Lynchian um, but this is what it reminds me of and this is the best words I can use to describe something so visual for the radio in terms of this artist's work. If he ha- he creates an entire world. Um, his immersive film and kind of... This, this show is um, done with AI. But 
a lot of what I've seen before of his work has been film, but it's multidisciplinary. It's really, really, um, you kind of, you have to step into his world, literally, and his aesthetic is a little dark. It's a little like being in a dream. You have to really submit to it. He's a really wonderful artist, and I'm always excited when I see that he has something coming up. Um, and they've got a whole, they've got the show online, the online show, and they've also got... Um, conversations, interviews, analysis of his work for you to enjoy, which is rich territory, let me tell you. Um, the show is called Of Ideal, and it's just, I, yeah, check it out. Really, really wonderful artist. Uh, also coming up uh, is, as part of the Liverpool Biennial, which is slated for March. They have a series of weekly performances at the Liquid Club. Um, see broadcast online. Uh, next up is Seraphine thirteen sixty nine, who was previously known as last year's interesting Negro is dead. Really wonderful sound work. Wonderful sounding sound work, which is going to be broadcast next week and you can sign up online we'll tweet out the eventbrite link but basically it's described as a somatic visioning as the body as a portal a medium an interface a doorway to another place the sound of an uncertain yes starts from the functions of the body, specifically the senses, and unfolds as a study of the bodily body's cycles and systems. Out of wonder and despair, as well as a way of tracking the collective unconscious, the wider cultural and societal structures and discourses, and the cosmos. So, sounds, well, phenomenal. And um, just any experience of live music, live performance at the moment online or you know we won't, won't, nothing will be happening in person for a while it's just wonderful i encourage you to head to the liverpool biennial website and see what they have coming up but also sign up for this performance or have a look and see what else they've got coming up at the liquid club that you might like another show which you can see online is in berlin um i have a little pang in my heart for berlin as i say that uh, so this is the wonderful artist Rebecca Ackroyd who I really like her work and um, she has a show opened at Perez Projects you can see it online at perezprojects.com and just a wonderful selection of her paintings she makes sculpture as well this show I think is just painting and um, yeah it's just yeah really really great stuff check it out wonderful female young female artist and painter another show which you could enjoy is um yam pei ming against the light which is a online show um, it's actually situated in Salzburg, but um, it's online at Today's Ropac, which you can find at ropac.net. 
R-O-P-A-C dot net. Okay, it's, it's painting. And it is, um, it's been made over the last year. So it's kind of evocative of our experience, our recent experience, which I think is just something so valuable at the moment. Um, so I advise you to go to Ropac and look at their viewing rooms and enjoy Jussie's. They're dark and they're wonderful paintings. And there's also a video on there for you to gain greater understanding of the artist's work. And that's um, that sums up that section for me. Please go and have a look at all of these wonderful shows or just look at your favourite gallery. I feel like I should say it's mainly larger, more established galleries that can afford to put on these online shows and uh exhibitions and talks and things as obviously it's very expensive to update your site and do all of these things so if anyone has any more emerging projects that they would like to share with me please tweet me at amarose or tweet us at roaring 20s radio and let me know about them because i would really like to give it some publicity all right next up we've got a track from the new album by madlib this is theme to Crabtree. Soho Radio, um, this is Amarose and we're moving on to the wonderful world of theatre now, theatre online. Basically I'm going to start with National Theatre at Home or ntathome.com um, which I know has been publicised widely but it's just amazing and I've seen recently that they're putting um, Angels in America, an amazing play. I mean you couldn't get a ticket for love nor money 
when it was running um my cousin actually bought me a ticket we went together it was phenomenal and so i just wanted to highlight that there's new plays up there and i think there's interviews and analysis as well if you want to subscribe to our national theater at home or you can just rent and watch one production that particularly interests you if you think there's nothing else for you there but yeah, that's one thing. Angels in America, phenomenal, wonderful. And I think if anyone who's enjoyed the series, it's a sin, will love Angels in America. Also, um, there was an article in The Guardian by Ella Braidwood, and it basically was highlighting that theatres in preparation for what looks like being a kind of half-locked-down summer in 2021, theatres are building outside structures in the city and rurally and Hackney's Arcola Theatre has built a whole structure so they can put performances outdoors, safe performances, so that's something that's really exciting to look forward to and um, there's one at the Thorrington Theatre which looks amazing in Suffolk and there's Regent's Park Open Air Theatre uh, there's the Globe, although I'm not sure what their programme is for the summer. They do have outside space. There's, see, Regent's Park, which we all know about. And um, so that should be really, really exciting thing to look forward to. So keep your eyes peeled for outside theatre this summer. And um, another thing that I saw caught my eye. When I was scrolling away is him play by Lalita Chakrabarti um, which is on at the Arcola and I think press night is the 18th so I think preview night is the 17th of February next week you can buy tickets um, they start at 15 pounds and go up to 40 and so that is something really exciting to look forward to um i love the almeida everything they do is um i've never seen a bad play there and i've been a lot it's my local theater i guess or one of them and yeah it's always been wonderful and i think you, there you can see adrian lester and david sapani in that so great cast very exciting. Him, and that's H-Y-M-N. I was waiting for the bus one day Watched a fight between a Aussie couple escalate Strawberry cheeks flushed with defeated rage then he spilled his coffee as he frantically explained Maybe if you took a breath You would hear me when I talk to you Through her necklace in his face Eyes so bright with disappointment I saw something inside her break Everybody knows the feeling Suddenly he started screaming
listening this time i hope that you enjoy and follow up some of my recommendations for art and culture online and enjoyed some of the music that i've played in my section this time um i can't wait to come back to you in a more holistic way um and just before i go um i'd like to mention another upcoming exhibition which will be opening i think in march and that's with artcan.org and um, you can find them on Instagram at artcan.org, all one word. And that show will be a collaboration with the curator Sukai Eskilston, um, African Art Finder is her Instagram handle. So have a look at that and stay tuned at their Insta to find out more about that show, which looks fantastic. And finally... A show that looks really interesting and a space that I didn't know about actually is the Aura um, space, which is A-O-R-A. It's a virtual platform and it's meant to be kind of around ideas of calm and well-being. And it's kind of concerned with art, architecture and music, arts. Um, the show that I'm mentioning at the moment, which you can find online, it's an art show and it's a group show with work by R.M. Panassi, um, Aline de Monsignat, Amber Sayel Bennett, Princess P, Katie Moran, Jingyong Park, Beatrice Hassel McCosh, Margot Deary, um, Henry Hussey, Jane Bustin, Shania Miller. It, I could go on, it's a big roster here. But definitely worth checking out and just the, the whole premise of this online space seems really lovely in the age of covid like a nice healing uh place to come to get some inspiration so check that out aurospace.com all right so thanks for coming uh 
hopefully see you next time and um yeah um keep stay tuned to roaring 20s radio for more art culture books music and poetry sending all the best things out to you at this tricky time uh yeah thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio, the new show for art, culture, books, poetry and activism. My name's Matt Abbott, I'm a poet and activist from Wakefield, and my co-presenters are poet and activist Selena Godden and arts journalist Amma Rose Abrams. In my section, I'm going to roar about five things from the world of spoken word poetry. I'm going to play you a couple of tunes, and then I'm going to present a, a mini documentary slash feature on a, a wonderful album which was released in the early 70s. So Motown Records, who we all know and love, they very briefly had a spoken word record label in the early 70s called Black Forum. Most of the releases on there 
were speeches. So the first release was a Martin Luther King speech. Um, but they did release this one poetry album. It's called Black Spirits, the Festival of New Poets in America. And it was recorded live at the Apollo Theatre in Harlem in 1972. Um, it's really rare. It's really hard to get get hold of. But I managed to get a copy. Um, and I've got some clips from the album. And I'm going to speak about it more in depth later on. Um, but first of all, I just want to pick out five things to roar about from the world of spoken word poetry. So first up, uh, Leeds Lit Fest is on the horizon. Leeds Lit Fest is online from the 2nd to the 7th of March um, and Nims and Fogs have programmed an event as part of a festival. So our event takes place on Sunday the 7th of March from 3 till 5pm and it's in celebration of International Women's Day which as you know is on Monday the 8th. So it's Livewire by IWD and the performers include Teresa Lola, Erin Bolands and Reese Lyons. We've also got an open mic section, which is for women and female identifying poets. That's going to be hosted by Louise Fazakali. And the event is free to watch. So it takes place through Zoom. And as with all the events at Leeds Lit Fest, it's through Zoom and it's free to watch. But donations are encouraged. So check out Leeds Lit Fest. Um, all of you lovely people listening in London will get a, a little peek at how we do things up north. Um, and if you can afford to support them, obviously, please do so. But either way, check it out. That's Leeds Lit Fest. That's coming uh, at the beginning of March. If you're a writer, if you're a poet and you want a bit of inspiration, even if you're a, a if you if you're just beginning or if you've been doing it for years and you need a refresher, there's a really really valuable conversation online between Caroline Bird, who's an award-winning poet that we featured on this show, um, and Di George from Poetry London, speaking about the process and writing poetry and how sometimes not writing is the best form of writing. And well, I I can't explain it that well, but Caroline Bird explains it beautifully. So make sure you check that out. That's Caroline Bird and Di George. I'll tweet a link to it. Um, there is a poetry collection um, about to be released by Bad, Bad Betty Press. Uh, it's by Sherston Luckins. So this is Sherston's third collection. It's called Passerine. It's about grief. It's about nature. It's about all kinds of things. It's, it's an incredibly powerful collection. Um, I was lucky enough to get a preview copy to review for Write Out Loud, um, and I was blown away by it. I can't wait to hold it in person. Um, Sherston is actually launching it on Thursday the 25th of Feb, so if you can make the launch event, then great, but either way, please check it out. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, it's either available to pre-order or purchase, but it's out in February on Bad Betty Press. That's Sherston Lookings with Passerine. Um, there's a great event coming up on Wednesday the 24th of Feb, so Front Room Poetry, which is run by the BD Producing Hub in Bradford. Um, their headline act this month is Ollie O'Neill, and their open mic is open to LGBTQ plus poets in celebration of LGBT History Month, which is obviously this month, and that is hosted by the wonderful Kirsty Taylor. So make sure you check that out. That's on Wednesday the 24th, 7.30pm on Zoom. Uh, the BD Producing Hub, Front Room Poetry, it's called. And I'd also like to flag up an interview which I found fascinating recently, which is with Arlo Parks and Complex Magazine. So we featured Arlo Parks on the show before. She's a rising star in the world of music. She's going to be one of the next big stars to come out of this country. Um, and she's always been really heavily influenced by poetry. Like she wrote poetry alongside her lyrics and poetry's played a big part in her journey. And this interview specifically looks at that. So it's Arlo Parks on the poetry behind her debut album, Collapsed in Sunbeams. That's on complex.com. Again, I've tweeted a link to it but you should definitely check it out um she's just such a fascinating artist i'm, I'm, I'm really excited to, to read that interview um so yeah they're the five things that i want to shout about from the world of spoken word poetry and now we're going to have a track from a brand new album by dan wilson so dan wilson is a spoken word artist and musician based in liverpool um 
for most of his career, he's actually been the front man and lyricist in a couple of bands, but he's paired up with musicians from around Europe um, to collaborate on this new album. So it's Dan Wilson and the Counterfactuals. The album is called False Positives, and the track that I'm going to play you is called Happy Days Neighbour. Um, it was actually released on cassette, but the cassette sold out straight away. It only came out at the end of January. Um, the cassette sold out straight away, but you can get a digital album directly from Dan Wilson's Bandcamp. Um, obviously, I'll tweet the link. It's only £6 for the album, but yeah, you should uh, definitely check it out. This track is Dan Wilson and the Counterfactuals with Happy Days Neighbour. As the dusk ushers in the end of another sun-soaked day in a long line of springtime records broken, here, in our respective hibernations, I take out the rubbish, sort the recycling, collect the washing from the line. A ghost, an apparition, early alive, living off fumes. Over the fence, taking cover under tarpaulin, sat panting with glass of Rioja in hand, stirring into the middle distance of a freshly swept, de-weeded yard. A casualty clinging on to the withering vine, that sense of weary abandon dimming, fading with a natural light. My name is whispered, exhaled even. I meet his eyes, amble over with the usual mixture of tired warmth and resignation, obliged, brief, keep it brief. But under the stars and through a stream of swarming insects, Passing trains, the green flies, oversized bees, neighborhood cats, and the sound of distant sirens, a nighttime sweep through nowhere land, the pizza boys doing their rounds, the dealers dropping off, the pounding pavements of late night joggers, rekindling old couples, weaving their way homeward. But here, now, he wants to reach out. Happy days, he says on more than one occasion. Happy days indeed. Partying alone again like some kind of saddle. His words, I congratulate him on the house sale. 2.30, he says. That was quick, I reply. Yeah, surprised how popular it was. Five viewings in three days. A lady doctor. She's been straight with me. No time for games at my ripe old age. Must be sent to see it go, I ask. Out of duty more than anything. But thinking of the bridge, where hours earlier I'd spied him, wistfully gazing, brow beaten, smiling, half crying, paralyzed by decades of memory and regret. Near misses, promises unkept, dreams by the wayside, thirsts unquenched. The view from his window, direct line through those huge trees with sweat. Life throbbed, swarmed, dispersed, decayed, and seemingly was replayed. This fate had nausea. Half my life, he says. Nearly 30 years. Happy days. We skirt around the current crisis, facts, fiction, party lines, then the wild years. How we bought it for a snip, on a whim, what it needed. you throw away their properties, future unwritten, but the pauses weigh heavy and 
Dan Wilson and the Counterfactuals with Happy Days Neighbour from the brand new album False Positives, which you can download directly from Dan Wilson's Bandcamp. Now I'm going to present a mini feature on the album that I spoke about earlier called Black Spirits. So as I mentioned, Motown Records briefly had a spoken word record label called Black Forum. I think the first release with Martin Luther King was actually in the late 60s, um, but it was mainly active in the early 70s. And the reason I've chosen to focus on it or shine a spotlight on it this month is because they're bringing it back. So they are bringing the spoken word record label back. As I mentioned earlier, it was mainly speeches and there was this one poetry release. I am pretty sure that this time around in the 21st century, there's going to be a lot more poetry on the record label. I'm really, really excited about it. I can't wait to see what they produce. But for the time being, we do have this absolute gem um, to focus on. Uh, And as I say, I managed to get hold of it. So it's called the Festival of New Black Poets in America. It took place at the Apollo Theatre in Harlem in 1972. The album is just a recording of the gig. There's a little bit of percussion. There's audience interaction. There's banter between the acts. And really what it is, is just a wonderful snapshot of what poetry was like, and in particular, what black poetry was like in New York and in America at that time. Um, And he absolutely fascinates me. And I really, really believe that this sort of thing should happen now. Like, it's just such a valuable document. Imagine if they'd produced this album every year since 1972, like the emergence of Slam and all the Def Jam stuff in the early 90s and the rise of spoken word 10 years ago and all the incredible political and social events that have happened over the last few years. Obviously, you can access that poetry through various collections and through various journals and magazines or whatever. But to have an album, and it's not even presented as like, this is the definitive, best of right now it's just it's just a snapshot it's just this festival which features um black poets from clarence major to jackie early to the last poets who are obviously iconic and are still going um and i just love it and to be recorded in harlem you know of all places at the apollo theater in harlem which is in itself such an iconic and important venue um Yeah, when I finally managed to get hold of a copy of the album, I was absolutely over the moon. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you um, a couple of tracks and then I'm going to chat again and play you a couple more tracks. Um, Just so you're aware, there is some strong language in some of the tracks. um, And as a trigger warning, for example, the N-word is used. It's used in a very empowering and celebratory way. Um, It's obviously a very important part of the movement, um, particularly the time that it was recorded Uh, The poem in particular by Jahari Amini is called A Folk Fable for My People, and it really resonates uh, now, particularly in the light of the Black Lives Matter movement. And so I felt it was really important to include that language in there and to not censor any of the poets as part of this festival. Um, But I just wanted to issue that warning before we started playing the tracks. So we're going to start off with that poem by Jahari Amini called A Folk Fable for My People, recorded live in Harlem in 1972. is better than the hawk. A folk fable for my people. This poem is preceded by a note. 
according to the 1964 South African Institute for Medical Research annual report. The discovery was made that less than three out of every 750,000 Bantu die of coronary heart disease annually, Dig putting a premium on black hearts. You know, they study us so they know that we're valuable. The third world had hung the unhumans, beasts and parasites, that is. There wasn't any left except in Russia and England and other cold continents. Israel had only black Jews. Natural resources was uptight. The unhumans and the evil had to live on themselves and on their technology, and their crust was so dried up it wouldn't even grow cotton anymore. Then the niggas, that is, peoples, banned to define blacks, Negroes, mothers also, that is, got bad, and everybody was afraid. Them niggas was really bad. Them bad niggas was burning everything the unhumans had on the reservations, cleaning up, that is. Three flats, 18 rooms for 18 families. Ten flats, 60 rooms for 60 families. Speedeasy cleaners, brown presses, and a pale cashier. Speedeasy shop food centers, sour meat vegetable sellers, and a black cashier. Speedeasy cut-rated liquor store, cornbread sales boys, and no cashier, that is, just cheap wine. And the grass was burned, and the teas was burned, and the reservations was cleaned when the pimps and other death reflectors was offed, had the pills stuffed down their own throats. The bad niggas was ready, the bad niggas was ready to move, even the Indians was ready to make up for what they hadn't done at Plymouth Rock in 1620. They was ready to burn, too, but they didn't know that it was too late, that the time had come because the unhumans had did it, had copped it, copped the moon, but the niggas wasn't hip. They were still burning, burning, talking about how good it was the burning. They wasn't talking about Vietnam and how bad it had been. That was over. But the niggas wasn't hip and wasn't hip until they was copped, too, to work in the mines on the moon. The mines was full of bauxite, uranium, gold, diamonds, unhuman's desires they couldn't get from Africa anymore. And the ships was big, had promises, had names that all the niggas knew, names like Jesus and heaven and freedom to take the niggas to a new world. They was picking bad niggas off the streets, out inside the reservations, putting them in the ships, packing them, chaining them in the decks, branding them with the owner's name, branding NASA on their foreheads. The satellite was the first stop. The niggas was landed and graded by size and age and health. The niggas who couldn't work had their good organs taken out and put in banks to become transplants for unhuman's hearts, unhuman's livers, eyes, unhuman's kidneys, arms, legs, stomachs, to replace unhuman's ulcers and nigger magic love parts to replace unhuman's masturbation and other cold inaction. <laughs> the niggas was trained to dig ore and load it and pull it and process it and breed and breed and breed more niggas to work the moon mines, plus good black missionaries was trained to keep the mine niggas quiet. And when they all was trained, they were shipped to the moon mainland, sold to companies who was bidden while the Chase Manhattan Bank supervised the auctions. They was bred and trained and worked and butchered and banked until the chance came, until the unhumans forgot that the moon was full all the time on the moon. That was when some of them bad niggas made beauty-moving juju changes. The drum music hummed. Mojo vibrated and High John screamed through the bloods to Nomo hears the blood sounds. Nomo spoke into forces and all the niggas listened and acted. Missionaries too dig my people, they acted. The rhythms pulling their minds was one and moved, moved, moved. Universe, earth spirits firing the soil to destroy the evil unimage. Cleanse the waste from the cold lands until the cosmos was whole again and the worlds had become new. Following that, I'm going to play a poem by Clarence Major, which is called Kitchen Chair Poem Number 5. And then straight after Clarence Major, we're going to have um, a short series of poems by Norman Jordan. Kitchen Chair Poem Number 5. 
a truck driver, second floor rumor, good for next month's rent. A screaming silence fell down three flights and hit the basement. Couldn't last any longer, her getting by like. The jealousy, these others with husbands who still had teeth. Every broad in the building screamed down into her room, screaming on her to make it, to get her hat, scrape the wind outside, the blowing December slabs, nailed her against her own desperation. And they had no idea why she split without a fight. All those strikes against her, like this dude said who just came out of prison, giggling. Man, I can't even afford to look with my eyes funny. But how could I tell him her love had hit me the hardest with my wife standing inside my skull? This is Norman Joy, The poet, the dreamer. With time and space in his hip pocket, the poet hops and skips to the edge of God's eye and pees on last year's dead flowers. <laughs> Popsicle cold. Now that the story has moved out of the headlines, the widow of the dead black hero stands alone at the public market, purchasing polluted pork with government food stamps. <laughs> One-eyed critics. It's got a subtitle, uh, Black Writers Conference. Three thirty in the morning, with not a soul in sight, we sat four deep at a traffic light, talking about how dumb and brainwashed some of our brothers and sisters are, while we waited for a green light to tell us when to go. Brothers, the struggle must go on. Despite the strange noises from the empty apartment next door, or the open-mouthed wine-head corpse at the end of the hall, we must lay the evidence on the table and forget the outline of the door that appears in our heads when we first close our eyes. As with most things Motown, the Black Forum spoken word label was the brainchild of founder Berry Gordy. He was already reaching phenomenal heights with the main label in terms of increasing black representation in the music industry, and he wanted to take things further. The album's first release was a speech by the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. entitled Why I Oppose the War in Vietnam, which was recorded in Atlanta in 1967. And in releasing this, 
and committing it to vinyl, Gordy was ensuring that the civil rights movement and that transformative era in general for the black community was being immortalised. History books are one thing, record collections are entirely another. Uh, and that release actually won the Grammy for Best Spoken Word Album in 1971, which is an incredible achievement. Um, the second album contained another speech. It was Stokely Carmichael's Free Huey speech in support of Black, found Black Panther co-founder Huey P. Newton, who was imprisoned for voluntary manslaughter. That was followed by an album called Guess Who's Coming Home? Black Fighting Men Recorded Live in Vietnam. And then... Ozzy Davis and Bing Cosby addressed for Congressional Black Caucus, which had a slightly more comedic feel. And then came our album, Black Spirits. Um, the final release on the label was an eponymously titled album from Elaine Brown, um, a prison reform campaigner who became the only female leader of the Black Panthers. Uh, and that was it. Nothing since 1973, which is tragic. But, as I say, they're coming back. They're bringing it back. So one of the albums has been reissued on vinyl already. It was um, Imamu Amiri Baraka's album, It's Nation Time. Um, that saw Baraka's poems backed with esteemed musicians. Um, and Baraka originally rose to fame under the name Leroy Jones. So you might know uh, him as Leroy Jones. That album has been reissued, which is wonderful news. Um, but back to the Black Spirits album, I'm now going to play you a recording by the original Last Poets. Um, the Last Poets are still going now, one of the most renowned collection collectives in the world. Um, and this track is called Song of Ditter Part 2. Mama Tish! My mind's a dying hawk. Ash in the asses, ash in the asses, and the curling toe beneath the gutter. Ain't nothing happening but pigs and poets, cause they both wallow in the earth. Fly me to the moon was a cracker's dream, but Icarus died beneath the sun on wings of steel. We call ourselves the black white men, while Tonto spoke with a pitchfork tongue. Song of Solomon, black and comely. Ah, but the airplane sits on the breast of my dream. The Trojan horse and the burden take it out. The 19th century sleeping clocks in the Spaniard. The image smears against the soft white lie. Shall I pick my nose or scratch my ass? <laughs> Said the Claire Raw lady as she swayed in the casket winds. Winds, winds, the windmill, the windmill and the foolish night. Rosinante, a fallen horse, mainline sucking on a nightmare. We are so many fireflies that dash against the wall and then pretend that God is dead. Lords of the flies, the factory, the reality, the burning sorrow in the wind. Open your legs! What shall I say? Holy Mary, Mother of God, question mark! We live out our lives on motorcycles. Wedged between the cubbyhole of death and the confessing priests. Dogs fly, collars turn round In the illusory world, promises In the illusory world, promises With his lips against the window, promises With his lips against the window, promises Pigs and machine guns And your daughter dying in the corner With tears that mop the floor She licks the wound with tears that mop the floor And the pig in the window, fear not God was an only child Mm. And jealousy was a whore. Mama lifted her bosoms, and the stars sang songs of Hosanna 
I am not the food you bargain for, nor am I the open desert or the rats that patrol the sewers. I am your mirror's image after the volcanic mist. I am the water rising and the buzzard and the lost desert of the five dicks sly rotting. Erection has no father. Amen. Next, an incredibly powerful piece by a poet called Aski Muhammad Ture called Notes from a Gorilla Diary. Aski Muhammad Ture from New York. The next piece is a, at once, spiritual and revolutionary poem, poem, because I feel that a truly revolution, true revolution is spiritual. It operates within and as well as without. This is called Notes from a Gorilla Diary to a beautiful brother, friend of mine, Brother Marvin X. Uh, as you know, Marvin was forced to leave this country because he did not want to kill brothers and sisters in Vietnam, other oppressed peoples, for this beast empire. But when he left, he did not lay up in mansions in Algeria and other places. Marvin was training, was training peasants in British, so-called British Honduras, and they, they hunted him out and routed him out and forced him, flew him back to the United States into the arms of the FBI. For Marvin, notes from a guerrilla diary for Marvin X and Che Guevara. A quotation, quote, yes, I am for peace and there will be peace after the fight. Marvin X, Proverbs. I wanted to be an artist in my youth, a great artist moving in the monumental rhythms of the Mexicans, Orozco, Rivera, Siqueiros. I would fill the walls of Africa with brilliant images, ebony splendor from the birth of Adam to the pyramids of knowledge rising from the soul of Timbuktu. Sometimes I would rather now be an artist safe in a small loft womb with a warm brown sun glowing down on me from her canopy of love, my brown sugar woman moving undulating hips across the Niger valleys of our dreams. But there's the beast with his cancer-spreading nightmare riding the twisted backs of humankind. The dying millions, hollow eyes of fear, bloated bellies, hunger pains from Mississippi, India, Brazil, or anywhere that gentle, dark folks long to lead simple, dignified lives. A peasant wail, a jungle scream, a ghetto junkie nod, and then the gun in your voice shall walk your eyes, glaring in gorilla glow. The burning cities of your mind light a torch for the blind unbelievers to grope away from Europe, longing to chase the shadows from the sun. I wanted to be a magician in my youth, to call ancient forces up from the netherworld of myth, to use these forces for my brothers with mighty imaginations riding magic carpets to the stars. To wizard the valleys and mighty rushing rivers of the soul. To fling the flame of never up the mountains of beginning. Turn the hills of wonder into forests for simple lovers. 
I wanted to be an artist before revolution turned me towards Islam and Malcolm's eyes glowing with compassion over dope-infested ghettos of our fears. Yes, dreams are beautiful. Nutmeg sugar. But reality's blind wig smothers the afros of our souls. The mini-skirted present shoots skag into the morning dews rising from the flowers of our eyes. The poison-aired presence prostitutes our vision, pimps away the honey of our youth. And so the gun glinting coldly in the shadows of our eyes, Che Guevara and the Mau Mau stalking forest where brown naked lovers used to dance. Gorilla song wild and wailing in the screams of Pharaoh Sanders, eastern crescents glowing like machetes above the money-eating faggots farting in the face of the world. I wanted to be an artist before Allah took my heart and tuned it for the jihad of this age. Alone at dawn, I bow to the east for the trumpets of Islam, which will free my son Tariq and millions who will move towards the palm tree of beauty once the earth becomes a paradise where art can flourish with the simple peasant song. Meanwhile, back to cutting throats and cleaning guns, even that can be a form of art. The last two poems I want to play from this album, two short pieces. First is Larry Neal with Holy Days. And then finally, my favourite poem from the whole album is Jackie Early with 1,968 Winters. Holy Days. Holy the days of the old prune-faced junkie men. Holy the scag-filled arms. Holy the Harlem faces looking for space in the dead rock valleys of the city. Holy the flowers sing for the raped holidays and Bessie's gut spilling on the Mississippi road. Sing for all the faces that inch towards freedom, follow the North Star like Harriet and Douglas. Sing holy for all of our sinners and singers and all of the shapes and styles and forms of our liberations. Holy, holy, holy for the midnight hassles, for the gods of our ancestors bellowing sunsets and blues, chanting the truth that gave us vision. Oh God, make us strong and ready. Holy, holy, holy for the day we dig ourselves and rise in the sun of our own peace and place and space. Yes, Lord, now go on with your bad selves. and sixty-eight winters. I got up this morning feeling good, <clears throat> feeling good and black, thinking black thoughts. I did black things. I played all my black records and minded my own black business. Put on my best black clothes and walked out my black door and Lord, have mercy, white snow. 
So that was my spotlight on the Black Spirits album, the festival of new black poets in America, which was released by Black Forum in 1972. And I'm going to leave you with a track by Genevieve Carver and the Unsung called Champagne, Cocaine and Sausages. Anger has fire and fire moves things. I am Nina Simone's anger. I am Etta James's veins. I am Annie DeFranco's middle finger. I am your little sister's bedroom door. I am the ripple in the pond. I am the rip in your jeans. I am wild and unwashed and broken. I am not taking it lying down. I am shit at lots of things. I am difficult. I am wrong. I am tied in knots. I'm free. I'm simply trying to be me. I am frightened. I am flawed. But I am here. And I'm not going anywhere. I am Jacqueline Dupre's tremble I am Holly Harvey's pedals I am Kathleen Hanna's rebel I am Clara Schumann's manuscript I am Stevie Nicks's sleeves I am Alanis Morissette's misunderstanding of irony I am Bjork's clenched fist I'm just a girl I wear my hair in curls I wear my dungarees down to my sexy knees I am sugar and spice And all things deep and lost and painful and real I am fighting to be heard and not only seen woman phenomenally Cornflakes, I am Sinead O'Connor's skull I am Taylor Swift's reputation I am Madonna's you I want champagne, cocaine and sausages I want it all and I want it now I want what I cannot have I am hungry, I am greedy I will bite off more than I can vomit back into the void It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life And I'm feeling ready for it I am the reason the caged bird sings I am the thorn in the side of the boy I am the fat lady telling you it's over I am spinning, I am floating I am so close to the edge I am bursting at the seams I am everything you ever hoped you'd be So take a piece, just try it There's too much here for you to even make a dent in me So you've been listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio. We want to thank you all for listening and for everyone that's been tuning in and sharing, um, sharing the music, sharing the books, sharing the love. Uh, my name's Selena Godden and I'm here in my little room talking on Zoom with my friends, Emma, Rose and Matt. Um, what's, what's happening next for you two? What are you up to? I've got a few articles coming out as the usual. I always feel like I never want to talk about them before they come out because it's like spoiling the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> but yeah, I've got a few things coming out. One really good one is coming out with Elephant, um, uh, which I'm excited about because it's interviewing these two amazing um, portrait painters from Ghana about um, this kind of, uh, about the kind of popularity, rising popularity for black portraiture. And I think that came out really, really well. I saw the proofs today and that's quite exciting. Wow, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I cool. think it came out well. Great, that sounds cool. What are you up to, Matt? I'm I'm trying to do as much writing as I can. I'm planning a massive project for the label, which is a, a transatlantic LGBTQ album project, but I can't reveal too many details. Ooh. And then I'm meant to be moving house as well. I might be moving to Leeds, but obviously I'll still be doing the radio and all that. Um, it gives me a nice excuse to come down to London. But um, yeah, no, my world's a bit crazy at the moment. So I love doing this show because it's a nice bit of escapism. Um, and like you say, it's great for everyone sharing it online because it's lovely for us to see other people enjoy it as we do and sort of connect with it. And it's just, it's wonderful to see. So thank you for everybody who shares and tunes in and all that. Yeah, it means a lot to us. It really does. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Okay, so that's uh, possibly the end of the February episode of Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio. Please stay safe, stay calm, stay sane. Stay alert. Stay alert. <laughs> just stay. Just stay. Just stay. Stay. Just stay. We'll be back uh, on Saturday the 13th of March with episode 16. Um, you can share these as a podcast, so you should be able to find it in your regular podcast provider. If not, anchor.fm slash Roaring20sRadio. And we're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Roaring20sRadio. See you next time. See you next time. Cheers. Bye.